0: thank you very much indeed. And good evening, everybody properly. um, uh, Lovely to see you all. And thank you indeed for your interest in in our time together this evening. Uh, I'd love to have been uh, with you in person. And uh, I was reading up about Killaloo and the cathedral and the area. Uh, I've travelled through it on a number of occasions but never actually stopped uh, and I read with great interest about the history of the place and its archaeology, its uh, medieval and ecclesiastical links into the deep past. Um, so a, a place of great interest, clearly, and I, I, I will make a return visit in person at some point, hopefully not before before long. Um, now, uh, Mindful of time, I'll be uh, brief. Uh, I'll try and speak for about maybe 20, 25 minutes um, and we can have a bit of a conversation. Um, uh, just to give you a wee bit of background uh, to build on what Paul has said already, um, the, um, the, the Oba bombing happened in August 1998, just four months after the Good Friday Agreement. And the fact that it happened after the Good Friday Agreement made all the different community impact of the bombing. And basically... Uh, after a conversation with us said look tell me what you need and get on with it and if you need more resources let me know and as a consequence of her uh, commitment to us we were able to put in place a trauma center that ran for about two and a half years after the bombing and we saw 670 people uh, mainly for psychological therapies linked to their experiences of the bombing in those two and a half years and then in, this, in the second centre that we set up, uh, the Northern Ireland Centre for Trauma and Transformation, we saw another 900 people linked to events largely associated with the Troubles. Um, so there's no doubt that the Troubles have had a tremendous uh, impact on the lives of many people in Northern Ireland, and uh, indeed in the border counties especially, but in uh, further afield within Ireland. Um, and it was through that work and through the research that we did that we learned a great deal about what it is that uh, is, what, what, what is it about traumatic events that actually are so toxic for some people? And what uh, what is it that we can do to help people uh, who have experienced the adverse effects of traumatic experiences? And I'd like to say a little bit about that and then talk a little bit then about the intergenerational effects of traumatic experiences. Um. Now, uh, what we learned was that uh, um, not everybody is adversely affected by traumatic events in the long term. The vast majority of people, perhaps most people, are um, uh, uh, will will suffer short-term adverse effects, uh, which can live for maybe a number of weeks, but often last no more than a few days. And these can be, you know, deep reflections on trauma experiences, uh, um, contemplating and dwelling on it uh, intensely, having dreams and nightmares about the occasion, and uh, being distracted and not being able to concentrate, for example, being very typical kind of um, reactions to an immediate traumatic event. But usually those kind of uh, reactions fade, and and generally speaking, we don't panic too much in the short term, but rather just try to support people and reassure them uh, that all should be okay. And then to say also that if it isn't okay, then we will try and get the right help for people thereafter. Now, if people don't and want to develop more complex reactions, then they will need uh, access to specialist trauma-focused therapeutic interventions, usually. exceptionally, people will find their own pathway, and I'll come back to this later on, uh, through traumatic experiences. But by and large, if um, people develop Uh, psychological problems like for example post-traumatic stress disorder uh, or trauma-related depression or anxiety or addictions for example then it is likely that they will need some kind of specialist psychological or counseling intervention Mm -hmm. to help them get get past that point not always the case but usually the case but again just to emphasize the point that it would be a small proportion of people who experience those problems and the big study that we did in Northern Ireland and the population showed that about 15 percent of those who have traumatic experiences go on to develop post-traumatic stress in order for depression, anxiety and other other difficulties so that that not everybody will will have long-term effects. Um, What we learned in OMA was that um, uh, it was important to develop uh, trauma-related services uh, through which we could deliver specialist interventions uh, for people affected by the bombing in the first instance and then wider uh, events linked to the troubles thereafter and we were very uh, uh, fortunate in literally within weeks of the bombing to have the help of a team from Oxford University who came across to OMA and introduced us to their trauma model uh, of of, uh, of, uh, how we experience traumatic events, what the impacts are and how people can be helped and trained also our staff in how to deliver a therapeutic intervention based on their approach. And we came to see us um, and it's fair to say that traumatic events um, and when they do affect us badly, uh, leave us at risk of uh, not just a th- a immediate direct effects like post-traumatic stress disorder but also indeed Uh, related mental health disorders so we can for example we're more at risk of developing depression anxiety drug or alcohol misuse uh, anger management problems and so on and what we discovered in fact was that the troubles uh, were were particularly potent in that regard Um, but that events like for example road traffic accidents uh, interpersonal assaults child abuse could also uh, have these uh, long-term additional mental health problems for 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 individuals. And of course, the longer uh, a traumatic experience goes on in our lives that which is unresolved, then the greater risk we are of developing these problems. We also discovered that people who had had multiple traumatic experiences, were much more likely to then develop problems. So you might be lucky and get away with one or two or three in, uh, traumatic events, but once you hit three or four, then the risk of developing problems increased. Health staff, police and other emergency <coughs> staff who uh, were, through their work being exposed time and again to traumatic events, coped okay in the short to immediate term uh, and, over in, and then something would happen. And for example, we would have found that Uh, staff from those kinds of backgrounds would have come to the trauma um, uh, centre with needs linked to their experiences of the Oma bombing, for example. Um, But this was maybe two or three years later on when something else had happened. Uh, They'd come upon a terribly bad road traffic accident or perhaps a suicide or whatever. And then this had um, uh, triggered a a major catastrophic reaction in their lives and they had sought help. Uh, The other thing that we discovered was that, um, sadly, uh, it takes people who have had experience like post-traumatic stress disorder, for example, quite a bit of time to eventually seek help uh, with their problems. We found that, generally speaking, people who develop depression seek help quite quickly and roughly within 12 months, about half of those who develop depression-related symptoms will seek help. Uh, within within 12 months but if you look at conditions like post-traumatic stress disorder it can take up to 22 years before half of the people who develop PTSD post-traumatic stress disorder will seek help. Um, now that's very significant in terms of our pastoral work and our uh, relation, our knowledge of maybe family members or friends who've suffered traumatic events uh, but it's also very significant in the history of the Troubles. So if you take any incident linked to the Troubles uh, like for example the Oma bombing which uh, is, is tw- 25th anniversary's next next year um, roughly speaking and theoretically only half of those who've suffered uh, uh, adverse effects from the Oma bombing will by now have sought help and there's another half still to go um, uh, so there's a long tail to these things and in terms of our peace-building work and uh, diplomacy and in terms of the the work of politicians and health services in responding to the troubles, there is quite a bit to go and, and there's a need for services in the very long term. And we haven't even begun to talk about the intergenerational effects of, 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 of traumatic experiences. Um, so the the um uh, just to, uh, to move from back from the troubles a little bit it'd be worth just reflecting a little on on what are the kind of events that can or what are the what are the conditions or, or the features of traumatic events that can cause us to suffer adverse traumatic events uh, uh, consequences and usually um it's when traumatic events overwhelm us um or and we feel a deep sense of powerlessness and an inability to act uh and to protect ourselves to protect others to get ourselves out of harm's way um and you can see how for example events linked to abuse or assault exactly meet those conditions so it's not surprising that interpersonal violence and uh uh, leave people at risk of developing psychological problems thereafter and clearly where there's a threat to life and particularly traumatic, overwhelming threat to life. That can include things like assaults, as I've said, or bomb explosions or shootings, but also things like childbirth, uh, uh, traumatic childbirth, and other uh, life-threatening events like that that can leave us with a, a profound and existential sense of danger to ourselves or to those we love or to other people whom we witness are in danger. And the event that violates our sense of our own being, uh, of our values, of our sense of self, of our of our uh, calling, and this is why, for example, uh, people who occupy positions in um, pastoral roles or in to the public, like for example healthcare staff, when something happens that violates all uh, their their sense of duty and purpose and focus o- about their work, then that can have a very serious impact on people's health and well being. And clearly, then, the sudden death of someone. Um, uh, can, can be uh, very uh, toxic and very uh, dangerous in this regard, uh, or indeed some profound disappointment in our lives, the loss of a relationship um, or other kinds of loss uh, that we uh, haven't anticipated or haven't been able to prepare ourselves for. Uh, these events can also have a major impact on us. Um, so you can see that, you know, if you, it, it, it's not necessarily linked to particular types of events, but it's actually the meaning that these events have for us as individuals. And some Greek philosopher whose name I can never remember, but said, it's not events, but it's what we make of them that actually has the impact on us. And um, I suppose the other way of describing this, you know, if if we hear a loud bang, um, the circumstances in which we hear that, make a difference to what our meaning is of that if the loud bang is at a fireworks display then we we frame that loud bang in the context of this uh, event uh, which is one that we're meant to enjoy and other people are enjoying the spectacular and awesome and um, but if we hear a loud bang um unexpectedly in our homes or on the street uh, that sounds like gunshots or an explosion, then that has a completely different meaning. And it's the meaning that we attach to these events. That, I suppose also I want to say that uh, we, through our work, we learned what is it about traumatic events that makes something that happened in the past ever present? Um, why is it that when we have a recollection of an event that uh, we smell the smells that we smelled at the time we think we hear the sounds that we heard at the time we might even see the things that we saw at the time people have flashbacks or maybe nightmares as a consequence of their experiences and this is the key to understanding what what is actually uh, what it is about traumatic events that, that, that 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 cause problems is that um, and so, for example, we find uh, that people with post-traumatic stress disorder will have flashbacks, uh, as and they will behave as though they're back in the situation that they were in when the original traumatic event took place. Understand what it is about the experiences people were having in OMA and indeed on the, with other events linked to the troubles that was causing them problems. And by understanding that, we were then able to use a, a trauma-focused therapeutic approach to try and help. Uh, had people, for example, who uh, because of their experiences led, led very sheltered lives, hid away from the world, wouldn't go out of the house, didn't uh, it, it, it didn't do a lot of things that they would have done prior to traumatic experiences. And this would have gone on for years. Um, and um, and and in fact, um, uh, after working with us therapeutically, they were then able to reclaim. Parts of their lives, and indeed, go on and experience what we would call post-traumatic growth. Mm. Um, but you can imagine going on this disorder, or through depression, or through anxiety disorders, or through addictions, for example, that that kind um, of a very major impact. Uh, I was uh, had a look at my the book uh, that Paul referred to earlier on, uh, and I, I was found a, a passage which kind of describes this succinctly. So I'm going to read this as a kind of a quick way of um, summarising what we're talking about. So I'm talking about some of the research that we did. The researchers concluded that adverse experiences of conflict-related violence, consequential mental health problems, and other socioeconomic disadvantages, like, for example, poverty, and stresses on adults, impact parent-wise, poor parent social stresses, impact on the developing child, limiting the development of attachments, emotional competence, social skills, and other capabilities. These then place the child at increased risks of a range of disadvantages in childhood, adolescence, and later in adulthood, including poorer mental health, which is made worse by poverty and other basic deprivations. In turn, this secondary wave of adversity is more, more. So you can see how the experience of a traumatic event affects the life of the parent, which then has impact on the life of the child, which then follows through into the next generation. In the context of civil conflict, this sequence of disadvantage can also be be the means through which unresolved narratives of the conflict, laden with fearful, aggressive or sectarian sentiments, are conveyed across the generations. This cyclical transmission of adverse experiences and their consequences can, if it reaches a critical mass in a community, contribute to new episodes. Saying that this is not just a, a, a social problem with mental health implications, but actually in the context of the troubles, could actually feed into future cycles of violence. And of course, we in Ireland, we need not look uh, very far to find that there have been episodes of violence. That we uh, uh, our, our time is slipping by. But I just wanted to say that what I've just described and the implications for us as individuals has implications for how we see ourselves. So, for example, if in the middle of a trauma and I feel I did not act the way that I would, would have liked to have acted, uh, I ran away instead of stayed, or I didn't protect somebody when I should have protected them, then that has a major impact on how I see myself. I am no longer the person I thought I was. It also affects the way we see other people. We may see other people as untrustworthy or um, certain groups of people, for example, who've been responsible for what we've experienced. We, we feel we can never trust them again. And so we stereotype and uh, we get into very black and white thinking. Uh, all, all of a certain kind of people are, are, are bad and others are, are good. And then, of course, it also affects how we see the world in general. So the world is no longer a safe place. Uh, I, um, I, I need to be on my guard. Um, and in, in this sense, as well, we could sum all of that up by saying that traumatic events are lead to a loss of innocence. Whereby the ways in which we used to see the world and ways which we used to understand them were gathered new, distressing, and uncomfortable ways. And finally, what I'd like to say is that it's important that people who have had traumatic events and find they are not being resolved in their lives seek help. And as I was thinking about Advent, uh, thinking about Advent as the coming of the light, I was thinking about uh, Robert Frost's poem the road less taken. And I, I keep this on my mantelpiece uh, because it played an important part in my, uh, the key decision in my life at one point, the the road not taken and worth looking up. But um, I suppose that, you know, we often find when we have troubles in life that um, the ways that we adapt, that the things that we decided to do to help us cope with the distress that we felt stop working. So, we used to take a drink to settle our nerves and that be, that became then an addiction. Um, we, we we stopped uh, going to places and contacting people whom we associated with the bad experience and then that began to uh, accent, uh, accelerate and we suddenly found ourselves being very isolated and so on. So you can see how things that seemed helpful in the short term actually become counterproductive and indeed in time become self-destructive. Site and Robert. Uh, Frost's poem about the, the path less taken. Sometimes the distress in our life is actually a signal that all is not well, that something needs to change. And that can prompt us to think that the ways in which we've tried to cope with this up to now aren't working and that we need to choose a different path, a path that we haven't taken before. And that might involve therapy, but it also might involve other things. And we can discuss that later on if you wish. So for me, there is a way out of trauma, um, but it's having courage um, and it's having hope uh, that uh, beyond the traumatic event, uh, there is actually a different way, a different life, and a life indeed that not just involves recovery, but also enhancement and some kind of new energy, creativity, and indeed growth. And so, Paul, I'll leave it with that until we hear from St. Brandon at the end.
1: Okay, and um, th- 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 thank you very much, uh, David. Uh, David, I, I just if, if anyone would like to ask David a question, feel most uh, at ease to do so. David, one thing that you you, you said was that uh, a, there there is a way out of trauma, and you mentioned courage and hope uh, that enables people to go beyond the traumatic uh, event. And for people who find it difficult to find a way out, um, what would you suggest can be done um, that is a way of, I suppose, enabling them to find at least the, the... a journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step to find some way of moving a little bit forward yes. would you have any
0: well it's a very important question Paul and uh, um, we would have found in our trauma centres that um, the last thing people wanted to talk about was the experience that had devastated their lives and they had done everything up to that point to uh, to, to manage this without talking about it so people worked hard they played hard they uh, moved away they disconnected themselves they uh, drank too much um whatever it took in 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 the short to medium term to manage the distress that they were feeling and it was often some other crisis that brought people to our door and then as we, we began to develop a a, a, a client base uh, the, the, the the most effective way in which people did come to us was when other people said look i've been where you you've been where you are and i went to these people and i i got great help and i think you should go as well so it was the uh the the referral by other people who had been into our center was the most important means by which came help and that gives us a clue as to what it takes to move from that fearful Uh, position to having the courage to try and 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 talk about this terrible event Uh, and the clue is that um you need uh, we would have found that uh, our early work with people required a huge investment in building trust and confidence and our early sessions would have been about you know what do you fear most about talking about this um and what can we do to support you um, and, you know, uh, another thing that happened as well is that a lot of people who had had dreadful experiences were just so afraid to talk to their therapist about what they had experienced or indeed so ashamed sometimes or so guilty sometimes about what they had, uh, that had what had been traumatic for them. Um, and they had to test out and check out with the therapist that actually the therapist was able to handle all of this. Um, and uh, and that was a key of, of our of, of our approach so building trust establishing confidence uh, and putting in additional support so we'd have rung the GP and said look just to let you know this person has come to us for help they may be a bit unsettled for a while they might need some additional medication um, um, you know, we, would like, we want you to know this because this is not unusual um, but you know, we, we would be hopeful that with if they stick with it we can work, work our way through this Uh, And building other supports, informal supports around people involving the family or friends or colleagues as well is also important. So these are, it's not just a question of turning up for for therapy or counselling. It's all of this other infrastructure that you need to build around the person to support them in this process.
1: Thank you, David. If if any of my colleagues would like to ask a question, feel most at ease, please.
0: I I don't know if I have a
2: question. I I, I find... Myself and having come, well, I, I can identify uh, with, um, in terms of your experience, David, and, and the setting of, uh, in, in in Northern Ireland. Um, but I suppose as I was trying to think of circumstances that I know and people I know and of and deal with, and in recent years or whatever, it, it, it's it's all to do with maybe ongoing, or sorry, maybe it it isn't to do with events, it's to do with um, maybe childhood trauma or or things over a period of time. Um, And, uh, yeah, which, uh, I don't know, I'm not not necessarily asking you to, I suppose it strikes me, yeah, these are very different things uh but would have similar things going on um do you do you have any comment on um the difference between what, what, what one event uh or and the effect of one event compared to um maybe ongoing things, but yes. but maybe yeah. that's going off the topic for tonight. No,
0: no, yeah. it's not actually. You're right. absolutely on the mark there, uh, yeah. Stephen. Um, I, I'm glad, in fact, I'm glad you raised the question because it, in the time that I've spent, I haven't actually spelt this out, but you're mm. quite right. Uh, yes, we think about trauma as the sudden event that happens out of the blue, the road traffic accident, the bombing, the assault on mm. the street, whatever. But you're quite right to say that other things, we can talk about traumatic circumstances, as opposed to traumatic events. And people living, for example, in a situation of domestic violence where it's insipid, it's uh, not uh, time at a kind of constant low level that eats away at the Mm -hmm. person, uh, undermines them daily, uh, but there's no big explosion of violence necessarily, Mm -hmm. for example. Likewise, the uh, child abuse uh, situation where... um, a predator uh, creeps up on a child uh, over time and Mm. uh, grooms them and so on and so on, and then eventually ends up in more serious acts of uh, abuse. Uh, So you can see all of these kind of events as uh, having traumatic consequences. And in fact, to be fair, some of these, some of what you described there are actually even more serious because Mm. they are very complex often uh, uh, situations that require a very high level of skill on the part of the therapist, who may be dealing actually not just with one traumatic event, but with a whole series of traumatic events that back mm-hmm. o- that go back over over a long period of time. Uh, yeah. So you're quite right to raise that, and thank you for doing that on it. And again, the same the same general approach that I've described is relevant here, um, although there may be additional uh, features of the person's response, like for example to use a kind of psychological term dissociation may be a big problem where people sort of psychologically disconnect from reality to try and cope with the event and mm. that can be a major problem in, in therapy for example so these are uh, additional complexities that come into the therapeutic work and uh, usually take a lot longer to so- to resolve
2: mm. yeah
3: thank you sorry no camera yes. I remember very well bombing of Belfast and the consequences of that for thousands of people in 1941. Mm -hmm. I remember them passing up and down the road up in the evening to sleep on the Black Mountain and on Divas because Mm -hmm. they were afraid or they had nowhere to go or they were afraid to go into that round York Street the Antrim Road area and so on there was no such thing as counselling in those days Mm -hmm. one got on and did one's best and most of them I think survived Mm -hmm. and went to the PFABs on the between the Westland, between Tiptonville Circus on the Westland Road and the Cape Hill Road, down by the Belfast Waterworks. This is an awkward question. Yeah. To what extent, if you use a model of interpretation that sees people as having post-traumatic distress? are you actually creating a kind of accident and emergency department Mm -hmm. that maybe a lot of them shouldn't need to go to? Yes.
0: Yes, it's a, 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 well, it's actually a a very important question uh, and in some ways a very profound one. Um, The... um, I suppose my my position on that would be that uh, we we take the position that most people will be okay um, and that things like, for example, a a common experience like the Blitz, um, where there was a common remote enemy um, uh, uh, created a degree of solidarity and common... uh, common suffering which enabled people to rise above their individual experiences um, and in fact I was in St Anne's Cathedral recently and th- we were having a conversation with some of the folk there and they were saying how the streets adjacent to St Anne's were just levelled uh, um, yeah. you know hundreds of people killed in, uh, in raids um, and uh, uh, the, the um, uh, so a very profound experience undoubtedly um, the the, the the fact that there was this distant enemy in in Berlin uh, was was a mitigating factor to some extent. I think the problem about the Troubles has been that um, uh, the, the 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 sense of affirmation of the victims of the Troubles has been in dispute uh, often uh, hasn't been wholesale hasn't been universal. So that that does create a bit of a problem for us. And uh, as as a as a, I would have written them previously, that the lack of a shared experience of violence is actually quite quite damaging, um, I think for, for many people. And we see it being played out as well around how to deal with the past. Um, um the the um the other thing I want to say is that, that we would if we look at the writings of various um people who've been through these kind of experiences and I'm more familiar with the writings of the first World War poets what they called combat stress in in, in the Second World War
3: Mm.
0: Um, and and certainly in the First World War we had that whole evolution of trauma in the lives of individuals and I suppose speaking very personally my wife's grandfather uh, a young fellow from uh, from Leitrim and his brother signed up in Boyle and headed off with the Irish 10th Division to Gallipoli the brother was killed and indeed uh, very grievously so uh, by shelling from the Turks uh, and the grandfather witnessed this I went on subsequently to suffer numerous other traumatic experiences linked to the, his experiences there and also in the Balkans. Um, and now uh, looking back through the lens of uh, the troubles, I can see that my wife's grandfather was deeply traumatized experiences and that shaped the man he was in many ways and um, and i also discovered through our own work that uh, people don't generally come and say i've got ptsd can you help me they come and say i'm just not coping i'm i'm in a mess um i'm i've got this problem my relationships break down And when we slow that conversation right down and begin to track through all the various bits and pieces, we can begin to say, yes, you've got a depression linked to your traumatic experience or you've got a panic problem linked to your traumatic experience or you've got post-traumatic stress disorder. And it comes as an enormous source of great comfort usually for people to know that this thing is understood and has a name and is defined. And indeed further, we can do something about it uh, through therapeutic interventions. So I suppose the thing is that I, it, 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 it's a very philosophical question you've raised um, and um, uh, who knows, uh, but I, I suppose from given the experience and the work we've done over now, best part of 30 years since the end of Skillen bombing when I was first involved in these kind of events, it's fairly clear that um, people suffer terrible event terrible psychological consequences and that we as a community in the way that we repair physically, the bodies of damaged people should also try and do something to repair the minds of people who are distressed and traumatised by their experiences.
3: That's very helpful and thank you very much. Thank you. I, uh, I I see it as probably a theological question. Yes. I think that one great traumatic event in history is the, the death and resurrection of Jesus. I mean, I think if you go back to the handful of men and few women Around that time, uh, it must have been colossal for where they were yes. on that sun, first Sunday morning, whatever way you like to call it. And uh, I suppose the comfort that they got—I mean, one of the one of the names for the Holy Spirit is the Comforter, and that's a that's a sort of access to comfort that is there and given to us. And I, I would think the ministry needs to see that as part of the equipment for dealing with people who are yes. profoundly traumatised. Yes. I, I think
0: you're right. I think it's important to highlight the fact that, you know, counselling and psychological interventions aren't necessarily the only means by which people can be uh, find this new pathway, this other pathway. Um, and, you know, they're numerous examples in in literature and so on. Indeed, personally, I know of people who have found, for example, music or writing or some other activity or whatever it takes um, uh, as the the vehicle through which they have recovered.
3: Yeah. Well, it's wonderful to see the work of God kind of opening up layer by layer in this way. Yes. It's majestic, really, um, that so many avenues and so many tools really are now available yes sorry a a bigger pardon David could you make a comment upon
1: uh, people who find it because of an experience in their lives very difficult to sleep yeah and uh, where you know they they, they just acknowledge that they are in a mess as you you said and they're not coping but a lot of it is exacerbated because of uh, they cannot sleep they're haunted by something in their sleep, and it's repetitive.
0: Yes. Well, uh, I, this isn't an area of expertise that I have, and I should say, by the way, that I was never a therapist. I only acted as the manager and uh, the, the director of the, the various services that were put together, and I deliberately decided I wasn't going to get involved in therapy because that would uh, entangle me in in the the, 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 the detail, and I needed to step Certainly my memory of of, uh, people who had significant sleep problems was that we, uh, clearly the therapeutic approach often reaped benefit uh, for people. Um, Once you, uh, uh, um, once you, um, uh, well, the word I'm trying to reach for here is uh, disconnect um, or uh, uh, the, 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 potency of traumatic events which leak through into people's nightmares and dreams for example then that can have an immediate effect on on the quality of people's sleep um the other thing is that clearly medication can sometimes help and we would have referred people to specialists in medication from time to time where sleep was a was a major problem and it it is as often as you may know a kind of a disorder of its own which can be a kind of a secondary outcome from these kind of experiences um, and then of course other things like um, you know if you've disconnected yourself and if you retreated in your husband and so on um uh, life uh, day merges into night and vice versa uh so getting back into some kind of rhythm and routine going out and meeting people and taking physical exercise and getting back into work and so on that these rhythms can reestablish uh, a normal day night um uh uh as a circadian rib- rhythms, as it were, um, to enable us to get back into some kind of healthy um, uh, pattern of living day to day. So that's just a number of r- a couple of responses there, but certainly uh, that, that I think is 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 a, a. Those are sort of three important strands to that. Uh, oh well,
3: uh, hi, you. Marjorie here. Thank you very much. I'm sorry I missed part of your talk due to uh, IT difficulties. What I, I wanted to ask you was, I think you mentioned that you uh, had worked in Nepal as well. Yeah. And I just wondered, in terms of the kind of cultures, I, I know from from some work I read in psychiatry that other cultures are seem to be less open to psychological first aid, and they want you to give them, you know, food and water and, and blankets. Yes. And uh, issues at work here.
0: Yes. Well, you know, yeah. The difference
3: between the people's reaction to this kind of trauma.
0: Yeah, well, I think we need to be very humble when we approach different cultures uh, and listen carefully to what they're saying
3: mm-hmm. um,
0: and to find a way in which we can uh, uh, pr- pr- make a contribution that is helpful in their own terms or as close to their own terms as possible. Sometimes, however, it can involve introducing new ideas and I suppose I could summarise that. And with one conversation, uh, I remember meeting two teachers from a remote part of Nepal who had come uh, where I had been on uh, an earlier visit. Who'd come to Kathmandu for a meeting with us after, at the end of the a two-year program that we've been running in, in uh, just in, in the districts around Pokhara. Mm-hmm. And um, the the teachers. Uh, you know, I had a lovely conversation with them. They were delightful people. And uh, I and I said to them, you know, in what way was this program helpful to you? And, of course, this was through a translator because they, they didn't have any English and I didn't have any Nepali. Um, uh, but they said, you know, we, we, we used to understand that when a child was sick, that they wouldn't be able to come to school. But through your program, we now understand that how a child feels or how they see world if it's not he- healthy can also impact on how they, they they are in health terms and can be another reason why they don't come to school um, now yeah. that we understand that we are actually able to support children and indeed they're other than being punitive why is your child not at school today You know, etc etc so um, that for me kind of showed that if we go gently into this and introduce different concepts uh, gently and respectfully you know and, and link it to our common humanity then uh then 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 we can can uh, can benefit from this in the way that we in Oma benefited when the team from Oxford came and said look here's another way of looking at this have you thought about this and we said oh right that's that that that's useful and we, um mm-hmm. in Sri Lanka do you remember the train that was overwhelmed by the tsunami uh, on the east coast of well, the west coast, sorry, of, of Lanka, just south of Colombo, near Gaul? Mm. There was a train had pulled out of the station, and it was reckoned that about a thousand people died when the tsunami came in and swept That's through true. the train. And, and when I was there, the train was still there and it was absolutely wrecked, but lying on the on, it is had been put back up again on the tracks and was just sitting there on a siding. And you could see it really like a monument to a terrible disaster and I met a woman there and she was living in a temporary home which looked a bit like a garden shed and she had lost seven of her eight children in the tsunami and the tears of that woman were just like the tears of a woman I would meet in Belfast or Omaha yeah. and Thank you for that, thank you
1: for your response I, I was going to ask you david just quickly um the recent covid epidemic and um, surely that will have some pds psd uh, residual on the general
0: yes. population would you say yes i think we should expect that um that will arise to go through the usual rites of passage of saying yeah. farewell to their loved ones uh the the the, 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 the people who survived intensive care uh, may have had terrible experiences of not being able to breathe etc cetera, et cetera. Um, and uh, you know I think psychological mm. uh, mental health consequence of that is not undoubtedly yeah. so
1: and, and perhaps the church or pastoral care can step in there that there would be a maybe it'll see a return you know more people will reach out
0: yes yes You'd and hope. I think we need to recognize that exactly yeah mm-hmm. Um, David, I'm I'm just
1: conscious that please God, you, in the future, immediate future, you uh, in better weather make make a physical appearance for us in Killaloo, if it's okay, yes. or uh, mm-hmm. elsewhere for for a gathering. Mm-hmm. David, you were anxious just to finish with a prayer from Saint Brendan, the Navigator. Of course, that Armagh connection. Um, the the Artford and Curry uh, from four eight four and four five sixty, and of course Clontarf Cathedral, where Brendan the Navigator is is buried, and of course he's the patron of of seafarers and travellers. But he was the adventurer, David. I wonder, would you conclude with a prayer, and on behalf of all of us, thank you so much.